And so I feel like I can really represent people who are willing to be at the beginning of their journey and willing to wait their whole life for a, for a certain result, um, even without knowing what it's going to look like in the future, just being willing to be on the journey and not to have to fit a stereotype. Chookers. Welcome everybody. Uh, I'm James. And I'm Neil. And this is Beck. Hey, hey Beck. Hello. <laughs> How you going? Welcome. Welcome to the to the podcast. Neil wanted to announce a major announcement. Uh, what the major announcement? Are we in a new venue? Oh right, okay. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we so, yeah, we moved venues. So basically from where we were doing from my place, now we're doing it uh, a uh, producer who's producing our stuff. His a, name is a beautiful producer, Diego. Diego, um, and he's been helping us out. So we, he's got a new place here, and uh, we decided to move here and do it here. Yeah. So that's that. I'm, I hope you can hear the difference because you can't see it if you're listening to it via podcast. Yeah, I, I got it, James. But I, I thought <laughs> people should know that we are in a different venue. Yeah, it might yeah. be a different feel. Different feel. It yeah. might have a different feel. I mean, it feels different to me because I literally live... Did you come by the train? Uh, no, I drove. Oh, you drove. Mm. Okay. Well, I live right across from the train station. Good for you. So it's literally just around the corner from me. So this is great. This is like super chill. Yeah. Did you not know that, Diego? No, I didn't know you were close to me. I was, I'm literally <laughs> across the train station. That's scary. <laughs> that's, that's scary. <laughs> it's great. I can like rock up at like five minutes to 11 and just kind of come. Well, here. I'm sure you can um, go on the protests with, uh, with Diego. But that's nowhere near us. That's nowhere that's near us. That's in a city, us. mate. Yeah, what are you <laughs> talking about, Neil? That was great, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you should listen. Great event. If you're not listening, you should be listening to the 518. 100 percent. Please, um, there's tags everywhere on our, on our Instagram. But five eight tag, please join us. But this ain't about me. It isn't about you, me. It's about Beck. Um, welcome uh, on the show. Thank um, you for having me. Yeah, um, we met on uh, Instagram. You were listening to our podcast, and and we just started talking about your 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 uh, you're in a band and. And also you're a, a coach as well, a life coach and whatnot. So yeah, um, we'd love to talk about that. But we'll get into. But first of all, let's talk about you, like uh, your background and how'd you get into all this sort of uh, creative uh, industry. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So um, I've been I've been songwriting since you know as long as I could remember in my bedroom, even in kindergarten. It was literally the first thing I ever wrote um, was wow. a song. Yes. So I've been pretty much obsessed since I was young, and. It was only until I was in my 20s that I thought, hey, I could just do this and make a thing of it. So um, in terms of my songwriting journey, I really just um, uh, I, I met a girl at my work and she was starting to do um, a bit of music. And then I'm like, hey, I write songs and we got together and made a bit of a band and that kind of, you know, fell away. But it was really, um, you know, the first chance I had to realise that this is something that can be real and that you can show other people. Mm. Um, and then from there, um, in our separate bands, she 
like, yeah, we, we sort of like fell out of touch, but she recommended a guy to me who was going to be my, um, a potential keyboardist to work with. And unbeknownst to her, I actually had found him separately. Oh. Yeah. Through the internet. And I had my eye on him and then we ended up doing work together, um, in our collaboration called Everdays. And so we've been doing that for about five, seven years now, wow. something like that. Wow. So it's been a little while. Um, and we've been like just moving from studio to studio and, you know, doing all the great stuff, but then having everything go wrong as well. Um, but at this point we've, we've currently lost our studio. And so we've had to like be on a bit of a hiatus. We're still working on putting together a live set. But in the meantime, because I'm literally not stopping writing, I've been working with different producers. And this is where the whole solo project, Cami Bex, came about. And that's been great because I get to explore like a different style, something that I haven't I haven't done before. And yeah, it's kicking off and I actually really like it. I love doing my own thing and having a bit of independence and being able to control the image a bit more and work with a lot of different people. So that's kind of where I'm at in terms of music, just getting this new project off the ground. Wow. Wow. Great. I see a lot of, um, uh, not luck, but I guess we define luck as opportunity meets preparation. That's what it sounds like. You, you have so many years of doing the songwriting that you were so prepared that whenever somebody came into your life that you were ready to go. Would, would you agree with that? Um, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. And no. When I, when I first started writing with, with Everdays, there was a guy at the studio that we um, worked closely with as in closely nearby, he was in like the adjacent studio and he owned the place. Mm. And the first time he heard the songs I wrote, he just straight up said they were shit. Yeah. He was just, oh, wow. he was like, this is so bad. And he was like, you've got five, five years to go till you're anywhere near ready. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Because I get to work and, um, I'll probably tell you a bit about it later, but I have a yeah. very rich history in <laughs> coaching and personal development <laughs> and NLP and other yeah. funky acronyms. So when people say that to me, I actually really believe it because oh. I, I think that people really underestimate what they can do in a year. Um, sorry, overestimate what they can do in a year, but underestimate what they can do in five years. Mm. And the fact was like, I wasn't really ready, but I did love songwriting. I did have experience there. And then it was really about, refining what I did to, to make the songs better. Mm. Yeah. So I, w I was lucky in terms of my mindset, I think mm. Um, mm. more than where I was at with my songwriting scene. Mm. I mean, that's really hard to get a really hard critique like that and not, <laughs> not let it really affect you in, in, in a negative way, you know? Um, yeah. I can hack it though. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I can definitely hack it. And I've got um, a bit of experience in martial arts. I did karate for a very long time. And there's like kata that you do there where you have to, I don't know if you've, it's sort of like a karate dance. I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's just a sequence of moves together. And I did the fighting and everything and, and got to very high levels in that. But I ended up winning a couple of world titles in the karate kata. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I know that you can improve over time if you're focused. Mm. And I didn't start out great. I started out thinking I wanted to have a go and compete at a national and world level. And when I, when I first thought I could do that, I actually couldn't. I sucked. But then I kept working and I got better. 
So I just am applying that to music and I still very much feel like I'm in very early days still. Yeah. Well, well, well I met uh, producer Jogo Diego on, um, we did jiu-jitsu together. Oh, right. Yeah, so that's where that's I met him. That's mad. So we did Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And, um, <laughs> and, and since I've started a journey on Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I'm sort of like, <clears throat> a lot of it, it's sort of transitioned. Like I can see that learning aspects the same in anything else I do in creative industry as well, like as an actor and whatever. You're always learning new techniques, maybe you're learning new ways of you know, uh, characters or whatever develop and whatnot. And, and there's always things to always to work on. You're not always the best at every all, every single day, you know. And um, you learn to how to fail gracefully as well. And um, yeah, uh, it, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you have to like um, one way I use to describe it to people is like you have to sit in the ugliness. So even people who are trying to learn to sing or or writing or maybe like they're learning to act a certain way or they're trying a different voice or accent, you just have to be willing to hear it back not so great. Mm. Um, same with your your martial arts as well. You have to be willing to fail in order mm. to, to you know to move forward. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, jiu-jitsu, you have to be so switched on constantly, yeah. right? Like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you can't have like, you can't daydream. <laughs> no, no, you can't. <laughs> and and that's, that's that's the best thing about it. Once, once, you, once, you, <clears throat> once you're on the mat and, and you start rolling or whatever, you literally cannot think about anything else because you're going to get caught. Yeah. And the more focused you are, and, and the other thing, you've got to be focused and relaxed. Just like if you're on stage, you've got to be focused and relaxed. Mm, you know such a paradox and it's takes paradox, so much training yeah. and if you're if you're if you're too tense or whatever and you, you just you know and just like on the mat if you get too tense you're you're gonna use all your energy up and everything and, and once again you're gonna get caught as well and stage same thing if you if you're too tense your lines are gonna go all the, all, the, all the stuff that you prepared for is gonna go away and obviously anxiety and all that comes to play as well yeah um, yeah. Well, I help people with um, peak performance and I don't know if you do a lot of this, but so much of it comes down to visualization and being able to picture yourself in the scenario before you actually get there as a way to kind of almost envisage the nerves and then you can keep visualizing it until you no longer have that like visceral experience of the butterflies mm. and you just become more relaxed like through what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. So that's a really great way to, to kind of get better and manage that you know that balance between relaxed and focused as well i think that the physical aspect is so important for all the creators out there is because yeah i think we use um i think we need that like i believe in uh physiology or psychology if your physiology mm -hmm. if you move your body and do things your psychology like your mind will be better you know um and you perform better and uh, and you won't have anxiety issues or whatnot as well hundred percent. And we have like all these unconscious like anchors that we set up, movements that we do that naturally get us into a different state. Um, and then we have the ones that we can set up for ourselves where you might do a, like a power move or for me after um, – so before I would begin like a karate kata, we'd like bow and then we do this gesture and you can't like hear the gesture, but it's like, mm, like that feeling, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm just yeah. making noises. Yeah, right no, the, the sounds are very, very important. 
yeah, sounds yeah. and and it's, it's, it's the way you breathe, the way you take the air out. It's all important. That's yeah, it. But yeah. then it kind of throws you into this um, new state of being. And so now, whenever I you know do that move, I suddenly feel so powerful. And if people can have a bit of a routine before they go on stage or mm. before they perform, um, to get them in that state, at least it's one little thing you can control. Mm. Um, you know, because what happens happens, do, but yeah. Do you guys do that before, uh, as as because James is a director, as a director as well, and writes uh, before your you know your team goes and performs. Do you guys do any sort of uh, exercise after warm up, like voice warm ups? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, at the moment, uh, in the production that we're rehearsing, yeah, we definitely have a kind of um, it's a, a dance hotspot. So the idea is they get into a circle and there's somebody in the middle who will dance to music that I've played and they will mm. keep on dancing the same movements and everybody has to copy them until they get sick and tired of that movement. They'll tap them out, replace them and then come up with a new movement. And it's a really nice way to not only warm up your body, but also kind of be vulnerable in front of other people yeah. and also know that somebody's going to save you as well is like, even though you're doing a repetitive dance movement, mm. um, but yeah, and personally, as an actor myself, yeah, there's definitely, I know that in some shows, it's like, particularly Shakespeare, where I really want to nail the words perfectly, you know, every, before every show, I will go up on stage, go to the places where I have my big monologues, go through the whole thing, you know, make sure I know it, um, and and then do some vocal warm-ups that way. But yeah, absolutely. Like I think- on the, the, on the stage, the, yeah, yeah. Like before. the particular positions, uh, yeah, block, yeah. You know, blocking-wise, right? Exactly, exactly. You know, <coughs> yeah, I did that once. It really does help. It's really helpful. It's, it's, a real, uh, it's a real blessing to kind of be able to get up there and kind of, yeah, it's, I guess it's in a way, it's exactly the same as visualization in that I'm kind of, preparing myself for what it's going through. I imagine I'm doing it, blah, 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 blah. So then, then I'm already used to what it would be to go through it. That's it. And you, and you know, there's this saying like, you know, the first is my worst. So you get that out of the way mm. as well. Mm. I remember when I was, um, you know, warming up for the, the karate world, world title event, um, at first nobody goes down onto the mats because they're all a bit like self-conscious because they don't want to be seen or give away how good they are. But I was just like, I'm like, I'm going to get this party started, go there, you know, do all the, the dodgy stuff, get it out of the way, see how it feels, um, kind of get a sense of the space as well that you're working with. And, you know, it really does. It irons out, you know, all the wrinkles. Mm. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That's mm. great. Um, what, what kind of um, what kind of band is it in terms of genre? All right, so with um, with what I'm currently doing, Cami Beck, so that's my my stage name, and that's that's prim primarily pop, right? So it's like your electro pop genre, and it's it's pretty standard. So any of the the recent releases, um, Falling for a Star, Are You Thinking What I'm Thinking, they're gonna sound a lot like your your classic pop. And then with my um, my band Everdays, we're doing a lot more. Um, synth pop so you, you you hear some like it's more synth driven there are a few tracks with some more 80s undertones as well some retro vibes um but but still very fundamentally pop with a bit of uh, a bit more dance in there as well uh, right. one reason i'm really enjoying doing some of this solo work is because i can add a few other elements so even just you know being able to do a few like trap beats or a little bit of hip hop and even some some 
It's called Zouk. It's a type of Latin dancing. And because I really love Latin dancing, getting some of the Latin vibes in there as well, even just rhythmically, is so great. Um, and one of my highlights like of my whole life was this class in Singapore. We're dancing to one of my songs in their Zouk class. The instructor found it. Um, oh, no through way. I don't know through Facebook or mutual friends, wow. and then he sent me a video, and he's like, "We're playing your song <laughs> um, and dancing Zouk to it um, over here in Singapore." Wow, amazing! Yeah, that's so, awesome. So, but very poppy. I think I'm straight up like pop, pop, pop. Great, <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. And who do you? I guess who are your um, in the pop scene? Yeah, who are your kind of big like heroes or people that you look up to that you want to follow? Yeah, good question. So what what I find, and this is this is gonna sound really trippy, but the music I listen to isn't necessarily the same as the music that I make. Oh, okay. Yeah. But when when it comes to people who I look up to in the pop scene, a lot of what I'm looking up to is more about their the way they present themselves to other people as being very real, willing to be vulnerable or to show a particular side of them, especially the side that's not related to physical beauty. So I really look up to artists who are doing that. Um, like I follow, for example, Charlie XEX and there, there are a couple of her songs that I absolutely love, mm. but it's the way she just carries herself and she's a bit of a, a bit of a clown. And I really look up to the persona that she mm. portrays while making that music. And then when it comes to songwriting, um, I think Taylor Swift is a really big influence, not be, not because I might consciously set out to do a song like that, although I have been likened to her in terms of a couple of tracks sound like the kind of thing she might do. Um, but when you read any songwriting books or when you're seeking advice in, in that industry, her name always comes up in terms of the songs that she's writing, um, you know, the catchiness of her phrases and mm. so on. And so... She, she's a really big idol and same with her team in terms of the songwriting that they're doing. Mm. Um, but yeah, the music I listen to can be a little bit different and I would say in terms of influences, when I first heard, say, Lana Del Rey, that just blew my mind. Wow. Because at the time I was writing stuff that was a, a little bit like that and it felt really strange to see it, you know, mirrored. Um, oh, and obviously like, like right now, um, Billie Eilish is, mm-hmm. you know, sh- she is a role model, like everything about her, I would say. And she, she's doing pop music, but it's edgy, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's edgy, it's um, indie, and and she's amazing. So I would say right now she's a great influence, especially for me, the fact that she doesn't need to oversing everything. It's more about the personality in the delivery and being willing to to write and sing about what other people might not be willing to sing about. I mm. think I look up to that that attitude. Yeah, well, wow. I've got I've got just a follow on question. Yeah, <coughs> one is um because you because you see you're right as well. But uh, what's the process of writing? Like, how do you get to a song? Like, what's a step? yeah? Do you have certain steps. Good question. Yeah, yes. this is for the people out there who are like, oh, maybe I need to um get some education from you how you do it yeah sure i love talking about this in fact um i'm coaching a couple of little teenagers right now on Uh their songwriting 
And I love talking about this process. So firstly, like there's there's no singular way to go about writing a song, um, not for me and not for anybody, although people have different preferences. Uh, some examples of how I might go about writing a song, like if I've got my, my little piano keyboard out, it might just start by coming up with some chords and humming along to it. And then that would be like melody driven and it will evolve like from a melody. And usually on those days, I'm setting out to write a song and I've got really dedicated time. Uh, most often I find that I I just want to kind of vent my feelings or I have an idea and I'll just, you know, lie in bed and jot down some lyrics and and that will be the start of the song. And then I might just start to, to sing the melody just say as I'm driving around or in the shower and something will emerge. And, and sometimes it feels really obvious like where the melody needs to be and where it needs to go depending on the phrasing so I might start lyrics wise um I do have to say though a lot of a lot of my songs start when I'm just driving in the car and listening to other backing tracks of songs that I've written in the past what I do is sometimes I just pitch it down or speed it up slow it down and then if I've got something to say I just start you know freestyling on that backing track Yeah. yeah yeah So the, the recent song that, that I've released, Falling for a Star, I actually wrote that on my way up to Byron Bay um, between like, it was like around New Year's 2020 before, you know, everything went crazy in the world. And it was a long enough drive and my my partner was blaring Tool. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> I love Tool, by the way. I love Tool as well. Tool, oh my God, I love Tool. But fuck, sometimes I have the shits like because I'll be, <laughs> I'll be writing a pop song and I hear Tool in the background and I'm like, I'm just going to keep going with it. And so I had my, you know, my, my headphones on and I was playing this. Um, so my, my current producer that I'm working with or I've worked with most recently is Jordan Leonard and he's great. And he produced this track for me that that's totally unreleased at the moment, but I had the backing for it. And then I just pitched it down, slowed it down a bit and then just started writing on my phone notes, you know, with my headphones, trying to hear the sound of the music over to <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that was that song and I love writing that way now just to old backing tracks. I just change up the pitch and yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. And it's got a vibe to it as well, which is great. Mm. So, um, so do you also teach um, like singing as well? Oh, sorry, before, before I ask that, that question, I was going to say, uh, do you prefer to when you, when you when you write songs or when you sing? Do you look at um, are you trying to hit every single note? Like, are you trying to be a perfect singer? Are you going to try? Are you trying, are you trying to tell a better story? Yeah, good question. I, I think one thing that I really want people to know is that even though I've developed my voice and I wasn't a natural singer, even to this day. Like I'm no diva and my my songs, there are no vocal acrobatics at all because I am really committed to the story and when I write it, I write where the melody goes and I, I don't actually find conscious times to, you know, play around to show off what I'm capable of. However, not to say that I won't do that in the future. So I guess I am more committed to telling the story and I think it's just the way I write, like I, you know, just something about my writing style it's sort of chill and i'm not you know i'm not going to any soaring high notes that i'm holding anyhow oh so nothing like acapella not acapella sorry acapella you, you could i do that 
Yeah, I'd be willing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'd be willing. But um, I, I, I do think of myself as a songwriter first and a singer second, if that helps. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. And what do you think about the, um, the songwriting community here in, um, in Sydney? Mm. Um, what do you like about it? And, and also, what does it need? Sure. So, so right now I feel like I'm only dipping my toe in, but from what I observe and what I can see, there, there really is a, a great spirit of collaboration that I'm seeing. And it seems to be, you know, at least, you know, bolstering those people within the community. And that's a really great thing. Um, I think a, a lot of the people who I stay in touch with are really committed to making pop music and indie pop music and, there is a bit of a, a notion, not that I totally believe it to be true, but that it's really hard for pop singers in Australia and pop artists because we do have a tendency towards um, indie and, um, you know, also your, your more hip-hop hip hop style as well. So I think people are really trying to get their foot in that way. And from what I can see, everybody working together is really helping. Great. Mm. Um, wh- what do you think... What do you think it is about pop that makes people think that way? Mm. <laughs> it's going to say, oh, I feel like I'm going to sound controversial, but I'm not. Um, I, I think that when something feels too mainstream, people, people want to identify as being different and feeling special. And when you hear music that somehow feels a little bit less refined and polished, you immediately feel like it's speaking to you because because on the inside we all feel a bit unrefined, unpolished, and 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 it makes us feel like we relate. We also in Australian culture, I think it's easy to romanticize the lifestyles of people in other countries and, and even within our own who are um, either like low socioeconomic status or you know that whole like that gang gangster vibe kind of thing as well. We really put that on a pedestal as well and it's because of this innate need to fight and want to feel like a sense of community and um, tribalism as well and so I see you know pop music not speaking to that as much however like I'm still committed to doing pop music because I think it's it's mainstream because it is real Mm. and it might not always feel like sexy real um, or like edgy real but it, it is real Mm, mm, absolutely, and when and when you're talking about the tribalism, the needing f- the needing for uh, uh, to be unique and 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 having your identity, then that makes me think of representation. You know, mm. and how do you think that kind of the way that um, different people from different backgrounds get represented in in pop music is it is it fully diverse, or do you think there's room for like growth? I think I think there's room for growth, um, and. I mean, it's hard to say where people kind of find their identity. We, we often you go by what is modelled to us. And so you'll see that, um, you know, people, you'll start to see certain people feeling more comfortable within a certain genre because they've seen that represented to them over the span of their lifetime. And so as they identify with those singers and that music, that might be what they feel like they should be doing and what they're called to do. Um, and so in, in pop music, I mean, you would feel like it's, it's, it's not widely represented, 
Although, I mean, if you if you go to like the other end of the world and you look at K-pop and what K-pop are doing, you could say, yes, maybe it is more widely represented than what we might immediately think. Mm. Well, that's that's great, you know. I mean, we're, we're all kind of uh, big advocates for diversity in the arts, mm. you know. Um, and giving people, uh, giving everybody a voice as well, and seeing seeing people being represented on stage and screen and in music, you know, it's really important to everybody. You know, like you're saying, how powerful it is growing up with a certain um, with a certain musical style that you kind of love or feel connected to. Mm. Then it's really powerful when you see somebody representing you, you know, yes. up there. Yes. And, and also people who are, who are called to do like a style that feels really out of the box as well, like they should know that um, they're often not alone. Um, maybe you just haven't found the example of somebody who's doing that yet. So if there is something like this is, I guess this would be like my advice to people is even if you haven't seen somebody just like you um, doing exactly what you want to do, you should go for it anyway. Chances are there actually is somebody out there who's doing that and you're not totally alone. And if you are, like, you know, you're paving the way. Yeah, great. Well, that, that's what this podcast is really all about as well. Like, so that people can see that, oh, there's more people like you, you know, alone. Mm. So that's why we have people like you on and we talk about that. And and people listening can um, have someone to look up to or, or some sort of mentor, you know, whatever. Whatever helps them to stay in the industry and keep um, uh, working towards their goals. Yeah, definitely. Like one reason I feel like it's great for me to be here is because I haven't been pursuing this my whole life. Like I started in my mid 20s. And so just being willing to start something later on in life, you know, against what people say, like people will always question what I'm doing now with my life. They say I should be making babies or something by now. And (laughs) I just I just keep going because, you know, this is what I want to do. And so I feel like I can really represent people who are willing to be at the beginning of their journey and willing to wait their whole life for a, for a certain result, um, even without knowing what it's going to look like in the future, just being willing to be on the journey and not to have to fit a stereotype. Yeah, we've had a few uh, a few folks on who have also started. Even me, I started quite late in, in my life, in my late 20s. Um, in this sort of creative journey, so yeah, it's good to hear that that you had the same sort of experiences, and mm. and it's it's great that we can all relate now, you know. Definitely, um, and doing pop as well is pretty badass. Doing that when you're a bit older as oh, well. Oh, is it? Yeah, I reckon it is. Like yeah. starting that out, hell yes, mm-hmm. yeah, because um, it would be lending more towards like adult contemporary vibes. That's that's what most people would be doing. But I'm like, not fuck it, I'm doing pop. Yeah, I've got a question. Sure. So what, before music seemed to be uh, older generation uh, because there used to be a lot of storytelling, a lot of mm. life lived and so on and so forth. Why do you feel like this day and age, everyone feels like music is for the younger generation and it's everyone has to start young because a lot of great singers, they were, they were in their mid-30s. Mm. A lot of those great rock bands, a lot of those great storytellers, songwriters, yeah. they were a lot older. But this, this day and age, it seems like everyone has to be in their early 20s, in their teens, in their late teens to get anywhere in music. Why do you feel that is? Uh, if you don't mind me going on a rant. Yeah, go. <laughs> uh, I think two things. So uh, number one, there there is a bit of a culture of 
um, immediacy and needing things immediately. And I think that um, becomes really like people feel a very pressing need to, you know, get their life off the ground and achieve all their dreams really quickly. And that goes really hand in hand with um, fame being the highest goal, um, especially because, you know, you know, likes, comments, shares, like our, our data in terms of um, social media, that's kind of like the biggest commodity at the moment. And so people trying to attain that, you know, while they're really young and really pushing for people to attain that young, it it's sort of like the most, you know, worthwhile cause at the moment, like just within, you know, common like youth culture. Um, and then as well, because, because there is so much um, – like that that's public facing in terms of um, opportunities to show your image. People are obviously very drawn to what's aesthetically pleasing and these, you know, gorgeous young people are just going to be rocking it and being in a position to be um, sponsored by brands. And so, so that, that, that beauty there is really bolstered um, and it's compounded by the fact that people do see fame as the ultimate goal and, and the way that it would translate into the music scene is that people think, oh, I should be, you know, as soon as I have a social media account, there should be something that I'm pushing, that I'm sharing, that I'm creating, that I'm gaining followers and fans. And again, because people see that model to them constantly. And so I think that people who would normally be inclined to go slowly or to wait or even to find their feet they're less likely to do that. And of course, because that's reflected, people see that as a norm and it's back and forth. I don't know if I explained that clearly. Not clearly enough. I got it through to me. Okay, does that make sense? He's actually a musician himself. Well. Right, yeah. He's toured and, as well. And that, that's why, I, but, but also at the same time, the artists who tell <laughs> stories, they're, they're still doing a great job of that at a young age. Like there are still some that are doing a great job, um, you know, in their teens, in their 20s. And I think people who who really love music and value music don't care as much about, you know, how young somebody is. I truly believe that because if people share like a song or an album with me, they they just love the song. They often say, oh, you know, the lyrics are amazing and Definitely. you'll love that. So it's sort of half and half. I have a few like rapper friends that get really bummed out when there's like a young kid rapping <laughs> and just killing it they, ju- they just get so bummed out like oh and um yeah my mate like who produces you know hates that um Phineas is so young he's like oh like they just get mad but I'm like if it means something to you just take your whole life to get good at it and to build your following and yeah but the the, the hip-hop scene is very aggressive though like they're mm. very very com- not aggressive sorry they're very, very competitive Right, and they have this persona as well, and they got to be like alpha all the time. You know, yeah, know, there's so. a, there's a lot of yeah clout like behind like a lot of the lyrics and so on. But you know, I don't know enough about the scene and what it's actually like, and whether everybody really has each other's backs. But it's definitely like if you listen to any of the lyrics, there's a lot of self hype, and that's that's a huge part of it. Mm. I'm not sure how I feel about all the self hype either. Mm-hmm. Well, in terms of not self-hype, but other hi- people hype, mm-hmm. um, we're here at Chookers. We, we wish Chookers on other Ooh, people. So do you what do you, segue. Do you have <laughs> – What a segue, How did you get Jay? so professional, mate? Jeez. So do you Just have – Just a course. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> 
So do you have other people you want to hype up? Do you want to wish, you want us to wish chukas for? Uh, yeah. So, so starting with um, my, well, two producers I've worked with recently. So Jordan Leonard, who is an amazing Sydney-based producer. I will work with him forever and ever. He always gets better. Um, so, yes, like big chukas to him. Great. Yes, so he's amazing. Um, Jason Bull or Boule, um in LA, who I've also worked with, amazing producer. Um, he produced Are You Thinking What I'm Thinking? And like the truth is I sent that song to other people and they like did not get me, but he got me and he got the song and everything. So took us to him. Uh, there's also an artist who I sort of fangirl over, not that I'm a, a you know, a fangirl type, um, but she's an Australian artist. Um, her new project is called Ayo Ives and her name is Vendulka. I believe that she was on The Voice at one point and she's just killing it and, you know, she doesn't really know me, to be honest. No, it chickens to her. I messaged her once and I'm like, if you ever want a free life coaching session, I'm your girl. I believe in you. I believe in everything you're doing. Like, let's oh, do this. That's um, great. But I just want to, you know, wish her well without her even really knowing me. I think she's amazing. No, sure. We'll tag her. We'll tag we'll her. Tag her. Yeah, yeah. Will. She will know. <laughs> She will know. <laughs> she may ever come on board as well. On oh, my goodness. That would be, be great. Yeah. We can connect. She's great. incredible. Mm. Good vibes going her way. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, they, they would be like the main three that come to mind right now. Awesome. Awesome. Well, oh, wait. Also, like there, there is somebody who I really want to thank um, because we were talking about age and all of that. I really just have to do a huge shout out to my, my vocal coach who took me from, you know, absolutely like nothing, like no skills, anything to where I am today. Um, Marion Ruvas, she's the foundation, um, the founder of Voiceology Australia and she literally fixes people's voices and she makes it so you can sing forever wow. and ever. And like, even if you were performing like every single night, so your voice would never have to get tired. So I want to shout her out because she changed my life. Great. Lovely. And she's, yeah. she's in Sydney? Uh, yeah, she is. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, we'll definitely put her up on yeah, on the she's Instagram the most amazing page. vocal coach. And if you've heard her daughter, Diana Ruvas, who won The Voice, um, she is just like a testament to that method as wow. well. Yeah. Oh, well, awesome. Well, chukas to all them and well wishes to them. Hopefully they're doing great and and uh, continue their work. Um, and we're grateful for them to being in Sydney in our, in our reach. And yeah. yeah. Hopefully through Instagram, everyone, everyone can connect. Mm, mm, Definitely right. so. Sorry, one one thing. You said vocal method. Can you elaborate on uh, that really yeah. quick? She's going to kill me for saying vocal method because I'm not really meant to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, um, Diego. Thanks. Yeah, because I was just like, oh, I said method because um, I know that it's a bit of an amalgamation. So um, she has these um, 10 lessons for easy singing and it's a bit of a, a program um, that you can follow. And a, a lot of the philosophy behind that is that you actually are trying to promote longevity in the voice that anybody can sing. And also it, it is a style where um, you would cross over into your head voice and, and start to get so comfortable there and so confident there that people won't be able to tell the difference between you singing strongly in a head voice and belting. And people have to be really willing to stick with that in order to see results and there's a, there's a bit of a joke where some of the people that she coaches who might go to say like aim or something um will be to told you have to belt that you have to belt that and she's like just do what you know how to do and just pull a face 
And then they just pull this face like they're being dramatic and then use their head voice and get these like amazing, soaring, powerful notes. And, you know, the other person has no clue. They're like, yeah, just like that. <laughs> so, yeah, she she really, she also rescues voices. She does voice rescue. So people will go to her and their voices will be just completely screwed because of like years of vocal abuse and belting and she can totally fix it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that's her thing. I might mm. have to go to her. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. She's amazing. Um, just before we finish up, um, I was going to ask, if there were three uh, performers in history of time um, and you had a chance to open for, who would it be? Oh, shit. In the history of time. Mm. I mean, like, just for, like, the the – the sheer amazingness of it all. Like now I would say Taylor Swift, even though I'm like, oh, I don't like all her songs, but yeah, I would say that now. <laughs> T-Swizzle would T- be one. Mm-hmm. And I feel really put on the spot because like I said, the music I like to listen to, like I just, like I really just want to write like a whole new EP that would be suitable to like start off like like Frank Ocean like to be like, to open for Frank Ocean. Like I would write a whole EP if I knew it was going to be the right vibe to open for him just so I could like look at him backstage and just be in his presence. So I would do something like that. And then probably Lana. I love Lana. Lana or Billy. Okay. Yeah. Lovely. I know you gave me the history of time, but they're pertinent right now. And I'm keen. Beautiful. Mm. That's great. Um, thank you so, so much for coming on and thank you for great, having me. Been a great conversation, you know. Um, I can't believe we just met through the podcast with Instagram and you're on, on the show. And yeah, we, well, we had very similar values, and I was just like, mm, got to talk to that guy. Yeah, well, it's great because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there, and and that that's that's exactly what we're trying to do: to connect people so we can learn from each other, and yeah. that's what we're doing at the moment. So. Definitely. Thank you very, very much. Do you mind if I say one thing because sure. of, you know, my line of work? Sure, sure. Oh, yeah. So there is we, something we, I really wanted to touch share. On, we can touch on the life coach real quick if you can. Oh, yeah, yeah sure. Quick so so in, the, in the context of people who might be listening to this, I am a life coach. I've been doing it for, you know, about a decade now. I've been helping people not only achieve their goals, but doing it in a way that feels really right for them, really aligned for them, and in a way that can start to feel easy so they don't have to suffer their way to success and right now because of my artist journey I do have um, a a really great connection and empathy with other people who are artists people who are in the industry and so I really wanted to say that once I'm all tagged up um, (laughs) by you Neil what we'll do is if you do want to reach out and get coached about your mindset or your approach or if you're feeling sometimes um, quite lonely because it can feel very lonely even being surrounded by people like you can just send me a message and we'll set up a conversation and I'd be really happy to do that for any artist because it's a very unique journey and I feel like um, yeah I could really help make a difference there wow that's great that's yeah well look you know what i actually um I, we've spoken about this a few times i think maybe uh um listen to one of our podcasts we're talking about um um like it was not it was about uh mindset and um skills versus talent right? mm. and mm. we we're talking about that and and they're also talking about how we like a lot of us 
get lost uh, in the creative field and then what do we do with our time and all that and in fact like two weeks ago i called up james because i was like I, I was stuffed and I, and, I, and I need to call someone about it and speak to about like about my journey mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people out there in the same sort of boat um, and I'm happy that you we had someone like you on and I'm hoping people connect with you and get help if it's if they need it assistance in any sort of way because it's really important you know mm. and, and it keeps them on point and James uh, I was very very grateful that James helped me to stay on point so um yeah, that's great. Yeah, well, definitely. I, w- I would love to support anybody who wanted to do that. Yeah, so we'll, we'll tag you on, on the Instagram and hopefully hopefully people can um, uh, come to you and get some assistance with you as well. Yes, definitely. Uh, and you have two different accounts, right? Um, I do, yep. yeah. So I've got one for my coaching, um, Becky X Short, and I've got – this can is not the real thing. Can you spell that out quick? Yeah, quick. sure. So it's B-E-C-K-Y-X-S-H-O-R-T-T. So that's my that's my personal account, but it's also my coaching one. So you'll see um, a lot of beautiful, inspirational, motivational words from me, um, written with love. And then my my person um, my my solo project um, that I you know I really want to shout out today is at this is not the real thing, and it's just the way it sounds. It takes a little while to type it, but this, you, is, not <laughs> this is not the real thing, and. Yeah, it's it's quite linked to some of my song subject matter, which would be a topic for another day, I'm sure. But that's where you can find my music currently. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's let's hopefully hook up again uh, in the near future and then hopefully next year, this year, and sometime. Whenever. Yeah, it's been so lovely chatting to yeah. everybody. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Beck. Thanks, Beck. You're thank welcome. you so much. Thank you. And thank you. Uh, that's all from us. That's all from us. Chuggers! Chuggers! Oh, I wanted to say that, yeah. <laughs>